Welcome to Your Creative Chord Podcast, where you get ideas for nurturing creativity and inspiration. I'm Jenny Lee Hodgins. This episode is called Using Variety and Gumption as Creative Fuel, featuring creator Kristen Baum, a role model as an impeccable creative woman. If you want to explore creativity, hear about other creators, or get more inspiring stories to empower you, please join me at yourcreativecord.com forward slash get inspired here. That's yourcreativecord.com forward slash get inspired here. Today's featured guest is L.A.-based composer, writer, and poet Kristen Baum. Baum is a Composers Lab Sundance Fellow who frequently collaborates on diverse film and live theater projects. Her creative works range from composing and orchestrating film scores, art songs, poetry, and fantasy fiction. In addition to orchestrating her own projects, Baum has also orchestrated for Hollywood-established film composer Christopher Young. Baum has worked closely with Christopher Young and carries his influence forward in her composing and collaborative approach. I spoke with Baum just after she'd returned from a two-week writing retreat in the forests of Oregon, where she and her writing partner began outlining a new novel. Her poetry has been published in several literary journals, and those links and links to her music and other works are in the show notes below. In our conversation, I asked Baum to share one of her poems, and she obliged me with her recitation of her beautiful poem, And No One Hears It. But I assure you, you will hear Baum's powerful creative voice throughout this amazing interview, and if you check out her music or writings, you'll find those links in the show notes. I love featuring women creators like Kristen Baum because her powerfully passionate energy, coupled with her ability to articulate her impressive intellect and her pure intentions, are a compelling voice for the joy of exploring creative life. Our dialogue will post in four 30-minute episodes. Let's dive into part one with creator Kristen Baum. Kristen Baum, welcome to Your Creative Chord. It is such an honor to speak with you. Thank you, Jenny. I am really honored to be here. How long have you lived in L.A.? I've lived in L.A. for 12 years as of September 1st. So You went to school in Ohio, is that correct? I did, yeah. Got a degree there. So for my audience, as many creators wear multiple creative and non-creative hats, I notice you do a lot of different creative things. Can you tell us what ways you make money from your creativity? Um, boy, any way I can. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true creator. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> um, I earn money uh, from my composing, from performing, from I have earned money from teaching, mm-hmm. um, uh, from notating, from writing, and uh, hopefully at some point I will earn it from poetry as well. Nice. Tell me about that. Tell me about your poetry a little bit. Oh, I have loved poetry probably since high school when I wrote really bad poems. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I have a habit of um, doing my craft, whatever it may be, and then going away from it and then coming back to it again uh, mm-hmm. over time. And I have gone away from poetry and music both several times and come back to them. Wow. Uh, yes, yeah. And I find that... I guess these most recent times I'm coming back to 
each of my creative enterprises um, to fulfill something in myself. Right. And, um, and so I'm finding it to be really, really gratifying. So this time, you know, living in LA is a beautiful thing because you can learn anything here and you can take classes in anything. Mm. And so I saw a poetry class at one point and a part of my creative practice is to continually explore um, various things. And I thought, oh, poetry. Hmm, Love it. Love it. Yeah. So I ducked into a class at that point and uh, really enjoyed it so much that I have been um, kind of serially taking poetry classes to fill my own creative well, Mm. because I know that it will just spill out in many, many ways. And in fact, it did begin kind of spilling poetry out in addition to my uh, composing and um, and wow. my writing, so that's yeah. a, I love that, and I can. It's so funny. I can so relate to that because I'm not doing anything with my music right now. <laughs> I've just oh. left music on the back burner, and I was just thinking about that as I was looking at your biography on your website. That you know, like many creative people, you do so many different. You have so many different outlets, and I was thinking, I was so inspired by your music and your the sound of. I was listening to some of your film tracks and things on SoundCloud, and it, beautiful music, by the way, really uh, amazing stuff. And I will talk about that more as we go on. But love how you you described exactly kind of you kind of encouraged me because I've I'm I was looking at you and feeling a little intimidated like oh man she's so far ahead with film scoring and but you know my life's not over yet so eventually I'll come back to that <laughs> you know that's exactly how I feel it's so true we all have our own paths and when we look at other people's paths we think oh mm. oh but I could and the truth is if you feel that thing then you bring it in right. and you put it on your path I love you know? that yes and I love that, and it brings me back. I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling off into the <laughs> Netherlands here, but ramble away. You know, to me, it's one more reminder that as as creative people, we often, more often, I think, get a little bit caught up sometimes in comparing ourselves to where other people are, and then we remember, no, no, it's all about your unique path, and we're all so different, and we all take our own path, and you're a really wonderful example of that. So I, I, I'm really encouraged to hear your story about your exploring poetry on that note. I'll, I'll oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. I read somewhere um, this thought, comparison is the thief of joy. So true. It is so true. And so I think of that each time my mind decides to try to compare me to other people as a way of shutting me down. Love that. Love. I want a bumper sticker that says that. So (laughs) I read also that you're a Sundance fellow. And I know there's, uh, tell us a little bit about that. What What did that entail? Oh my goodness. Oh, it entailed, well, it entailed going to heaven for two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) It really was the nearest thing to heaven I think I've ever um, done or been. Um, Yes. So uh, let's see. In 2011, I was uh, chosen as a Sundance Fellow. And at that point, the labs were in Utah. The music labs have since been moved to um, Skywalker Ranch, which I understand is also as fabulous. Um, But I wouldn't have traded my Utah experience. It was just absolutely splendid to be in Utah, in the wilderness, um, doing work and being with, you know, kind of the giants mentoring us. So for two weeks, we basically had 
Um, people come in uh, probably every other day. Chris Young wow. was our mentors. Um, Harry Gregson Williams mentored wow. us. Um, Ed Shearer, George S. Clinton was one of our mentors. And then on our mm. final day, Alan Silvestri. Wow. Yes. Wow. And um, wow. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. You can wow that it was extraordinary. And there were six of us uh, who were selected as fellows. We each um, arrived to find ourselves given uh, a trailer, our own space, and our own um, digital audio workstation, essentially. And then we got assignments each day. Uh, each one of our um, composer mentors brought in a clip for us to score, gave us instructions told us what their paths had been, which is, of course, so mm. invaluable. Yes. We would go back to our own individual trailer and, you know, drop and go, basically. And so we had to write uh, music for whatever uh, track they brought in, and they would give us hints and clues. The director wanted something like this. The director's ideas were this. Uh, and then we would come back uh, the next day, we would have to turn in our materials by noon. Our music editor for the Sundance Lab would then gather them and marry them to picture, output them, and we would come together then as a group, kind of as a class study with our mentors and with the Sundance Lab leaders. Peter Golub is the director of the Composers Lab. And uh, they would give us notes and feedback. And the extraordinary thing about being in a room with six people who have all scored the same thing mm. uh, is that you come to see that there are um, as many ways of doing something as there are people and that there are valid things that each person brings and that each person who scores something can draw something unique from the picture. I guess that's probably the, the best description of the labs. It was intense and it uh, fostered discussion and camaraderie and it also fostered um, a space where we could break through to a next level of our own creativity as film composers. That's an amazing story and an amazing description. And I'm sure that any composers listening to this are foaming at the mouth, excited about trying to do something like that. It's it, yes. it's exactly what you described. It's heaven for a composer. I, I, and you, you mentioned that one of your mentors there was um, Christopher Young. Is that how you connected with him? Actually, when I came to L.A., uh, I came out in 2007, uh, and at that point, I met him. So oh, earlier. Okay. Yes, I had met him before the Sundance Lab and uh, worked at his studio. In wow. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. So also a very heavenly experience for somebody who's always um, wanted to do film scoring and just did not see women doing it. So did not think that it was something that was even open. I, um, right. for many years, I was just a huge film scoring fan and I had kind of a life event, uh, when I turned 35 that, uh, allowed me to shift my track. And at that point I said, if not now, when? Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. It is encouraging to those who are on the fence of should I move to L.A. or not um, in terms of 
the people that you can meet and the things that you can do there and backing up a little bit to your, your exploration of poetry and, and other things there, but, um, and, and meeting Christopher Young, LA is a great place for all that. I wonder, I am actually wondering though, for composers, because now the world is so digitized and so remote in, in terms of getting things done, you know, online internationally do you have anything to say to maybe aspiring composers that for whatever reason they can't move to LA but they want to continue you know doing film scoring it's it's hard to create uh, a film scoring career without being here if the film scoring career that you want to create is here that being said Mm -hmm, that makes sense yeah There are many, many uh, universities who are offering film programs. Mm -hmm. And my recommendation is that if you wish to uh, practice your craft at film composing and begin gathering credits and working on projects and practicing, uh, kind of flexing that creative muscle, go to those universities and put up a card on the bulletin board that says, I am a film composer, blah, blah, blah. Here's my phone number. Please call me and talk about, you know, potentially working together Um, and create the opportunities for yourself where you are before you even come here. I mean, that's in, in, incredibly viable for, you know, if you can't come to LA or if it's kind of, you know, beyond what you're able to do at the moment, create it where you are. Right. Thank you. That, and, and I've talked about this with other people and I've heard the same basic advice, you know, and to get involved a bit locally with local film networking groups and, you know, the, those 48 hour film challenges that go around all over the country. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, um, there there's a lot going on now online where people get involved, even in Facebook groups, to meet film directors and and you know, invent or LinkedIn or whatever, and they get to know each other um, digitally and do things remotely. But th- I guess what I'm getting at is there that's a whole other topic of film scoring. Seems to be the industry of film scoring seems to be on such a multi layered. Um, Uh, track for lack of a better word there's the high level obviously you need to be in LA right and then there's all the way down to student films and etc etc so how did you get started with all of that my first step was uh to write it down in a notebook that one of my secret lives I wanted to be a film composer um Oh, oh wow yes yeah, and that was when I first started working through the artist way, which I came upon, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of by accident. Yes, right. That's such a good book. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I began at that point taking small steps towards doing it. So my first step was to learn the computer more than just knowing how to turn it on and <laughs> word. <up. laughs> That's a big thing because a digital audio workstation, as we know, mm. is incredibly complex and incredibly capable and um, sometimes a bit obtuse. Yeah, <laughs> It can be unwieldy, especially at first. And so my first step in, in the direction of film scoring was to learn one of the sequencing programs. Gotcha. 
And so I actually tried to do it on my own for a little bit. I was living in Phoenix, Arizona at the time. You're listening to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Lee Hodgins. If you love this content, please join my mail list at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. That's yourcreativechord, C-H-O-R-D, yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. No spaces in between anything. And if you join my mail list, you will be the first to know of new content. Plus, you'll get my free checklist of top 10 things to help you reach your goals. Whether you're a creator or looking to explore your creative side, this checklist will help you prioritize and focus for results. That's yourcreativecord.com forward slash get inspired here. Back to the interview with Kristen Baum. I looked around and there are a million community colleges. One of them was offering a, a introduction to generating music on your computer. And so I signed up for that class and took it. Towards the end of the class, the instructor, who was also the head of the music department, said to me, how's work in the law office going? And I said, fine. And he said, how would you like to teach this class next semester? Oh my gosh. I know. And he goes, before you say no, because he saw the look on my face, like, <laughs> thinking. <laughs> and he talked to me about it and he was serious. And I just thought, this is the craziest thing. I've only just taken this class. Wow, so wonderful. I, yeah. I did have a master's degree in, you know, theory and composition already. Oh, okay. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like it, it didn't make sense at all. Right. So I said to myself, you know, if I did this, I would have the opportunity to learn again all of these things at another level. Right. You learn what you teach, basically. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. So I did. What college yeah, was that? Yeah, at Phoenix College in, oh, okay. in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. They they have a pretty fantastic program, actually. Wonderful. I ended up teaching it that next semester. I scored. Let's see. I scored one thing to picture as a part of the class that I took, and then I quickly signed up for the Buddy Baker Film Scoring Workshop, the ASCAP and NYU. Mm -hmm. Uh, two-week workshop that they offer at Steinert in New York. Wow. Yeah, that was May of 2007. And I've already told you that in September of 2007, I moved to LA. So that was um, quite a pivotal moment for Huge me. Huge and quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Yes, I love to say this. I had scored two things to picture. One of them was one minute long, and one of them was maybe a minute and a half. Um, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm ready now. Jump, I'm just jump. <laughs> I love so it. I yes, I leaped, and the net did appear um, amazingly. It, um, it doesn't always look like what we think it's going to look like, but um, it was an incredible kind of moment of faith and stepping forward into the unknown for me. And it has not always been easy. And partway through my journey, gosh, probably at about year eight or nine, I started thinking back and I just started thinking about all of the things that have happened. And I thought, I just really don't know if I had known what I was getting into. I don't know whether I would have come out <laughs> done it or not. So I'm really grateful that you can never know right, right. <laughs> what you're getting into fully until you're into it. 
I love that story. You had some decent credentials. You had a master's degree in theory and composition, so you had some tools. But moving from Phoenix straight out to L.A. after going to a workshop in a few months earlier is a pretty big jump. What gave you the courage to do that? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> are we calling it courage or are we calling it just foolishness? That's so funny. That's what I say to myself. Am I being stupid or brave? <laughs> Which one is it? I think they're two sides of one coin. <laughs> uh, well, so you just had the passion to, to go for your dream and that's what it was, I guess. You just did I it. Did. I did. Yes. I had, I gotten to the point uh, where I knew that being creative was something I absolutely had to do. It's uh, mm -hmm. to me, it's like breathing. Right. And uh, I was working at law firms, which provided me with plenty of money and not other gratification. Right. That it was not where I belonged. Right. And decided that no matter what happened, I would do this thing. And it's a little bit like running away and joining the circus. Right. It, <laughs> you, know, you know, when I got here, I really did not have a clear idea of even where to go to get work. So I was incredibly fortunate when I came out that I stayed at the Tilden House, which was something that Chris Young was, it was his brainchild. He wanted to give back in this way. He had purchased a house that he oh. offered to people who wanted to transition to LA. Wow. Um, they, yeah. Yeah. Um, come and stay in the house. So there were four other composers here, all of the men, which I forgot to notice uh, until. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, um, I came and stayed, you could stay up to four months at really, really reasonable, greatly reduced uh, rent rate. Good grief. And, what a, and what a generous, gracious thing to do oh for my people. Goodness, it was such a gift. Wow. It was a gift. Yes. And I say that about so many things, um, mm -hmm. since I've come here, but that was an incredible gift. And the other portion of that gift was that, um, by happenstance, I got to meet Chris Young. It's, it's a really kind of weird story. I type really, really fast. And I've been transcribing as part of the, you know, part of my earning a living while I'm doing my creative stuff. Um, I've transcribed things for various people since college um, when I was transcribing my dad's kind of scripts and stuff with his uh, writing partner. So this was something that I was very well capable of doing. And by my second week in this room, in this house with other composers, I was uh, kind of at my wit's end wondering what do I do and how do I do it and where do I go and what doors do I knock on? And, you know, some of the doors weren't readily opening for uh, ladies at that point. Mm. I had gotten myself completely um, distressed by the second week, <laughs> the end of the second week, Phew. thinking, I don't know how to do this. And did I make a mistake? And someone knocked on my door. They were working at uh, Chris's. It was a guy from Australia who was working at Chris's as an assistant. And he said to me, can you type at all? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I said, yes, that is one of the things I know how to do. Oh, my gosh. So yes. this, this is a random person that just showed up? This is visiting? a person who was also staying at the house we had had a conversation oh. before yes and he was one of the people who was here on you know 
like maybe a month ahead of me on his four month stay at the Tilden house. Gotcha. Okay. He had come over encouraged by Chris to come from Australia and try out the film scoring thing. So he was on a a visa that was sponsored by Chris. Wow. So they were just beginning a brand new movie and Chris had done a spotting session with the director, which is, you know, one of those first meetings uh, with the director in which you discuss the ins and outs of the music. Yes. Yeah. By which I mean, starts and stops. So I went in uh, the next day to Chris's office, which, oh my goodness, was magical fairyland for me. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and I sat down at a computer and started typing. And uh, soon enough, we all went to lunch together as a crew. And Chris came to lunch and we had a a first conversation. Yes. Yeah. And I was, um, I was pretty well starstruck because he was um, one of my composers that I really held in high esteem. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but tell my audience a little bit of Christopher Young's thing, you know, mention some of the films that he scored just so people know who he is. Okay, so he scored um, Hellraiser and The Fly, um, uh, let's see, Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street 2, the one with the whale sounds in the score. He's <laughs> Hugely innovative. He did Priest. He did Pet Cemetery. These are recent ones. Um, when in Rome, he scored um, Creation, which is a beautiful Paul Bettany movie. Perfect. Thank you. But it's news to me, actually, that I didn't know that when a composer has a spotting session, I didn't know they did that sort of thing, that they had it transcribed. And why? what did they do with this transcription? How did okay. they use that? So this is something that is... Um, one of the things that Chris does as a part of his work, he likes to capture, um, you know, the words that the, the director is saying oh, about. Okay. Uh-huh. And so I don't think all composers mm-hmm. do that same practice. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm a an admin of several film scoring uh, composer groups in Facebook. And of all the composers I've known about in all these conversations, this is the first time I've heard people mention the use of transcriptions used and what a brilliant idea, because you can really go back and hone in on what that comp- that what that director wants. Yes, yes. So yes, this is the, Christopher Young's approach, yes. basically. Yeah. So this, so many things I want to say about <laughs> about it. It was really fascinating for me to be able to transcribe that one, and it was so instructive for me. Gosh, I bet. Whew. To kind of get a feeling for how he interacted with a director, the questions that he would ask, so very insightful, so collaborative. And so he had probably already scored uh, around 100 films before I got to meet him and work with him. And so that's a lot of experience Mm -hmm. and, and ability to read the story on the screen and ability to kind of see the possibilities for the directions music could go and the potential and to really be able to uh, bring that out in questions that, um, that were asked, you know, asked and answered in that session. So, mm. yeah, so fascinating. Like a boot camp for a composer. And then you're, you just walked in on that. That's, it just fell right into your lap. <laughs> I did. And it was for a skill that I felt was um, woman's work, kind of, you know, being a secretarial sort of right, something, right. which I Came have. to use, yeah. 
Yes. I had really kind of looked down on it um, because I, I didn't want really to do women's work ever, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not laughing, but I totally understand it. You're <laughs> I, mean, I am laughing, but... Right. Relating to it, because, you know, I think I think sometimes we get really resentful of being stuck in roles Mm -hmm. that seem like, um, you know, you serve food, you cook food, you, you know, you take care of babies, you do a lot of things that don't get paid or don't get paid well. Right. But what the the fortune that you had that skill and what it led to. And I'm just sorry, interrupting you, but I can hear just from your energy very clearly you've made causes to be where you were to get the opportunities that the opportunities that you had mm-hmm. it, it clearly comes from you know you it's evident to me that you're a hard worker you're driven <laughs> you're uh-huh. very passionate about creativity and that skill that you had that yeah you were kind of looking down on well what look at that it turned out to be your door your foot in the door <laughs> it was it was yes yes so now i don't um look down on it i'm so grateful mm, for that's it amazing it just is incredible so you know so if if, if anybody out there listening has some of those <laughs> you know think of them as that compost heap in the back and you just never know what tulip is going to pop up out of it love that beautiful analogy Thanks for listening to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm Jenny Lee Hodgins. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help me by leaving a review on iTunes or share this link with your social media. You can also forward the link to this podcast by email to your friends. Thanks for helping spread the word so Your Creative Chord Podcast can continue bringing you inspiring interviews and stories. And if you loved this content, please join my mail list at yourcreativecord.com forward slash get inspired here. You'll be the first to know of new content. Plus you'll get my free checklist of top 10 things to help you reach your creative goals. If you want to explore creativity, hear about other creators or get inspiring stories to empower you, please join me at yourcreativecord.com forward slash get inspired here. Thanks for listening.